Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to get to join with you this morning as we continue the study through powerful prayers prayed by Paul. Normal, everyday guy who God used in extraordinary ways. So if you got your Bibles, Ephesians chapter three is where we're gonna be. So let's set the, set the, the tone of where we're at. Paul is not on a retreat. Paul is not at a posh resort. Paul is not pastoring a church of thousands. Paul, at the writing of this letter, is chained in a jail cell below the streets of Rome. Ephesus was a church that Paul had planted, and Paul knew, I may never get back to Ephesus. So they had no other way of getting information around other than letters. So Paul penned this letter. Paul grizzled, worn, but his heart was strong. And he had a prayer for these people he never knew if he would ever see again. It was a, a proud father letter to a group of people. He wondered what was gonna happen with their faith because he knew tests were gonna come Trials were going to come. Adversity was going to come. And he wanted them to remain strong. So he penned these words. But I have a feeling as he wrote these words, he thought of you and he thought of me. Living years and years later, God inspired Paul to write this. You would think when you read this, Paul was at the highlight, high point of his life but it wasn't the case. He was just at the high point of his faith. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Ephesians chapter three. If this is new to you, Norster is new to you, we're really, really glad you're here. If at any point you're reading along and I'm talking, I apologize. All right, here we go. Ephesians three, verse 14. You got your app, you got your Bible out. <clears throat> Let's read this together. When I think of all this, Paul says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. So Paul said, when I think about all that God's done, it causes me to fall down on my knees, to thank him for what he's done. Then listen to what he says in verse 16. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So Paul set the stage there and he goes, I'm not praying to a small God, I'm praying to what kind of God? A big God. Not a, not a God with scarcity resources, not a God that's gonna run out. But I'm praying for you to the God of unlimited resources. And then what he says this, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you, this is interesting, that Christ will make his home in your hearts as you, what's the next word? So Paul's saying the depth of trust you have will be the depth that you've developed with him, right? That he'll make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Listen to what he goes on to say, that your roots will grow down in God's love 
and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work with us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. You can see Paul writing this letter and baby, he's getting worked up. He's getting worked up because, not because of his circumstances, but because of the one that he worshiped. And what Paul felt, he wants you to know. What Paul wrote, he wants you to know, and that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. Right where you are, in Compass, in the theater, watch it online, would you ask God to show you who he is this morning? Would you do that? Say, God, show me who you are. I wanna know Father, we didn't show up here today to do church. We did not show up here today to check a box saying I went, I attended, and I went home. God, we showed up here today because we think you can and because we know there's something more. So God, I don't know everybody's story. I don't know everybody's journey. I don't know what everybody walked in with, but I pray how they'll walk out I pray they will walk out today knowing you a little deeper, knowing you a little stronger, and with a bigger view of who you are. And that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, turn and find three people and say, one prayer I have is that it would get warmer. All right, do that real quick. <laughs> Share that with people around you. All right, so I love all of you, but if you are praying and you say, Mike, I just love all the seasons, please stop loving this season, all right? So I ain't ready. if I can get an amen for warmer weather, all right, talk to me now. Listen, I need some warm weather. We were at a baseball game Friday night, and it was sleeting at the end of the game, and I thought, Jesus, you're not involved in this. All right, this is not, this just is not good. So, for those of you in this room today, man, it's so good to see you. Man, it's starting to feel like old North Star again around here. Starting to feel like old North Star. For those of you that need, say, man, I, I really, it's really crowded. We have a 930 service, both here and in the True North Chapel. So I know a lot of you are watching in the theater today. All of you in Compass who got a seat, would you give a round of applause for all the people who went to the theater this morning because they couldn't find a seat. We're so glad y'all are here today. But dude, 930s are great. Everything's exactly the same, exactly the same. So let's set the stage. What did Paul know we need to know? If you agree that Paul made his life count and Paul made his journey and he made a mark, would you just nod your head? 
He did, didn't he? We're still talking about this guy. Listen, Paul didn't pastor the biggest church in Jerusalem. Paul didn't become an instant hero. In fact, the people of the early church didn't trust him. The Jews hated him, and he basically spent most of his journey in and out of shipwrecks, prisons. We're going to dive back into Acts next week, and you'll see a lot of this story. But yet he knew something about God that's different than what you and I know. He prayed in a different way than I pray. He prayed with a deeper faith than sometimes I pray with. What was it in Paul's life that drove him to live like he lived? What was different about his prayers than our prayers? Three things say, really easy, but a lot of stuff behind them. Principle number one, Paul says, here's a key to this. You've got to communicate constantly. You've got to communicate constantly. I want you to write this down. Depth is built through communication, period. Show me an athletic team that doesn't communicate, they will have no depth and they will implode. Show me an office that doesn't communicate, no depth, they will implode. Show me a relationship where there's no communication, that relationship will crater. Every time I do premarital and I sit down with a young couple, the very first thing we talk about is you want to grow a strong marriage, you better grow in communication with each other. How many of you in the room, I have done, performed your wedding? Raise your hand. Okay, there's, there's, there's a lot of y'all spread out in here. And that was our conversation. Because you just don't get a great marriage. You work at a great marriage and you communicate constantly. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing different in our walk with God than our walk with each other. If I want something strong, I develop something strong. Look at the way Paul said it. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with, what's the next, the two words there? Inner what? Through the Spirit. So let's talk about this real quick. We can pick out outer strength. We see it. Inner strength, we don't see. Outer strength, we witness it. Inner strength, we don't know. Where do we find inner strength? How do we notice inner strength? When tough times and trials come, you see what people are made of, right? So it's this inner working. And I want you to write this little phrase down, and I'm going to develop it a little bit warehouse of faith. Would you write down warehouse of faith? Years ago, I took a group of people down to Chick-fil-A headquarters to visit a buddy of mine who worked down there. He's since retired. And I remember Dan Cathy at that time. Truett was still alive. Dan, his son, met us. And he was showing us around. And I was telling him about my buddy and he said, let me tell you about this guy. This was the phrase Dan used. There's more in the warehouse than there is in the showroom. That's what, he called, that's what he told me about this guy. What he shows you outwardly ain't even a picture of who he is. Ladies and gentlemen, you develop the warehouse of your faith in intimate times with God. 
That's where you develop it. Now, look at what Paul says this, and I think he goes on. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. So it's not an infrequent visitor. It is home, that he'll make himself home in your hearts. Basically, what he's saying is this. You'll get used to being around him. You'll get used to your relationship with him. And Paul tells us in Corinthians, look at what he says in 2 Corinthians. Don't lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. All right. How many of you have looked in the mirror recently and went, dear Lord, what is happening? All right, have y'all done that lately? You're like, what's happening? So a couple months ago, I got invited to do an event and I showed up to do this event and they had a poster for it and they pulled a picture. How they did this, they pulled a picture from our very first church directory. This was like in 2000. I was 30 or 31 and I walk up and on the poster is a picture of me in my 30s, all right? And I'm thinking, they're in for a rude awakening here in just a second. So I come walking in, I can see people going, I think that's his dad, all right? And so I think we got the wrong guy here, it's crazy. Why? Because our outer self is wasting away. But look at what Paul says. Listen to what he says. But our inner self is being renewed. How? Day by what? Say it again. Day by what? You want to develop depth in your walk with Jesus? I want you to write this down. Talk to him every day. Not on Sundays. Not just at your small group, both great. I had the great business leader, Ken Blanchard, on my podcast God, a couple years ago. I was re-listening to it this week. And I said, where did your relationship with Jesus begin to grow? And he said, the old great Norman Vincent Peale. I don't know how many of y'all remember that name, Norman Vincent Peale. He told me, he said, Ken, you want to grow in your walk with Jesus? Cut the radio off. And while you're driving to work, talk to him. Talk to him. You're not solving anything by listening to the news. You're not solving anything by listening to the radio. Listening to sports talk and whether Freddie's going to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers or stay with the Braves, you're not going to solve it. You can't pray about that. But you're not going to solve that right in the car. Spend that time talking to the Lord. And he said, you know, Blanchard's probably in his 80s now. And he said, Mike, day by day, I grew in my walk with Jesus. Paul lays out from some stuff here that I think is important for us. And I want you to write these little thoughts down. Ready? When we pray, keep it simple. God does not need your big words. He is not amazed by your vocabulary. Talk to him. Keep it simple. Talk to him as if he's sitting in the seat next to you. Ann and I, we've been married 30 plus years now. A long time. We don't use flowery words with each other. We just talk to each other. And we talk every day. Every day. We, 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 to this day, we eat dinner together every night without the TV on. 
today. 30 years, our kids are grown, they're gone, but we cut the TV off and we talk over dinner and we tell stories about our day and then I tell stories she's heard a thousand times and she acts interested, all right, and we talk, right? We, we communicate, but, but it's simple. I think somewhere along the way, we got this in our brain. I, when I talk to God, it, it's gotta be unnatural. I will tell you this, I have met some great people in the faith. And I'll tell you how they all prayed. They prayed like they talked. They just prayed that way instead of that way. This way has no power. This way has lots of power. What would happen in your life if the first thought of your mind every day was to pray? When a problem, how many of y'all anticipate something's gonna come your way on Monday you don't see coming? Raise your hand. What if your first thought was to pray and not worry? How does that develop? It develops when you talk. You keep it simple. Second, keep it real. God knows how you think. God knows how you feel. Keep it real. God, I don't understand. Why am I walking through this? Why am I going through this? Why has my family experienced this? Keep it real. Read the Psalms. David hid nothing in how he felt to the Lord. God, I don't get it. God, why am I going through this? Why do my enemies seem to win and I seem to lose? But then at the end of every psalm, David would come back, but God, I know I can trust you. You know how David became a man after God's own heart? He kept it real. One of my favorite things about this church is it's safe to be you here. There's nobody perfect here. Nobody. If you're perfect or think you're perfect, we would like for you to go because you're screwing it up for all of us, all right? And so nobody's perfect here. We can say, man, Mike, I don't get it. Look at the third thing. Keep it up. I want you to write up beside that consistency. Day by day. How do you build a faithful life? Long obedience. This, I heard a guy say this years ago. Long obedience in the same direction. Nothing special. Long obedience in the same direction. Keep it up. Number two, enter confidently. Enter confidently. When you go to pray, he wants you to pray. Enter confidently. Not, Lord, I don't know if you remember me. Not, God, I don't know if you can. Enter confidently. Walk in, as Hebrew tells us, into the throne room of grace with confidence. Why do we not do that? I think there's two big reasons. Ready? Number one, guilt. And number two, shame. I think it's the two biggest enemies to our prayer life. Guilt and shame. Guilt over what we've done Shame over the experience. The enemy's been using this since the garden. He used it with Adam and Eve, who had complete transparency with God. And they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what happened? Adam and Eve hid from God, covered themselves, and ever since, people have been hiding. Now listen. If you're a church attender and that's all, the enemy is not concerned about your life. 
But the minute you sit in a service like this and you're a wave student and you go, I wanna pray big, bold prayers, the enemy will go, well, that's good. But before you do, let me remind you of something. You remember that time you did this or you did that? And therefore, it finds us and it causes us not to pray like we could or like we should. And he's been doing it for the whole course of time. And he leaves your, everybody look at me, he leaves your life without power because of shame and guilt. All right, let me set you free. Get this, we say it all the time, but I don't think we understand it. God knows everything about you and he loves you anyways. He knows everything. He knows your goods and your bads, your ups and your downs. He still likes you. Listen to what Paul said. This is so good. I pray your roots will grow down into God's, get this, I pray your roots will grow down into God's what? And keep you strong. And may you have the power to comprehend, to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. And we sell ourselves short. Look at me. He gets you. He knows you. And he likes you. He loves you. Intimacy, intimacy comes when we're Fully known and fully loved. When you can finally get to the point of going, God, I know I'm gonna fall short because you're going to. God, I know I don't have it all together because you don't. But God, I'm coming in and asking anyway because you told me to. Look at what Hebrews said. I want you to pop Hebrews up. Look at the way the writer of Hebrews said it. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, and yet he did not sin. And he gives to you out of his mercy. You know the only thing that separates our life from the great ones of the faith? The depth of our trust and belief in God. That's it. Number three, ask big. Ask big. When I think of all this, listen to what Paul says. This is so good. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. I want you to get the picture. Paul's in a Roman prison, meaning he was chained to his jailer. When Paul fell to his knees, the jailer fell to his knees. That's the picture. When Paul went down, which I would illustrate, but my body's wasting away. All right, and so when Paul went down, he went down. Listen to what he said. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious, what kind of resources? What does he say next? Unlimited resources. Mary Michael just got married, so last October. If you missed that newsflash, you ain't been around, all right? And so 
She got married. Mary Michael had a budget because I don't have unlimited resources. Talked to a good friend of mine, Mike Russell. We talked about this, and you have a budget that you, you, you are gonna live by. So if you go over the budget, you're back into your resources, which you ain't got none, all right? And so I have a max and a cap on my resources. God has no max or cap on his resources. I wanna retire one day. I, w- I don't wanna live in your basement. I'd like to. I'd like to have some resources. I don't have unlimited. God does. Listen to what he says. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or, look at the next one. What's his next word? Ask or what? Paul says, you ain't got any clue how big God is. You have no clue what he could do for you. This last point drives the nail in. The size of my prayers reveal how big I think God is. So I'll just lay this out. The spiritual discipline I struggle with the most is prayer. Do y'all struggle with that too? I know what God can do. I'm selling short. So let's just, I get paid to do this and I come up short. I've told the story before, but it just just fits. North Star had just begun and there was a book that was really popular at this time called The Prayer of Jabez by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. How many of y'all remember that book? Raise your hand if you remember the book. Hot. I mean, it, it hit the market and just boom, it exploded. And basically, it's a prayer about God expand my borders, do great things, and, the, and it went crazy. And I had two buddies here at North Star, one in particular, was a huge fan of the book. So Ike tells me one day, hey, listen, Dr. Wilkinson is speaking at a company, a public company here in Atlanta, And they have invited me and you to come. Do you have anybody that wants to come? And I said, oh, this guy and his buddy would love to come. So they set it up. So we went down by the gallery, not by the gallery, but over on the perimeter, about 400 to a big old office building and heard Dr. Wilkinson speak. It was awesome. And he talked about the prayer of Jabez and he talked about tapping into the great things of God. And we were literally fresh out of the womb as a church. It's probably 99, 2000, some, somewhere in there, early, early years. Well, Dr. Wilkinson gets done speaking. It was awesome. And they said, would y'all like to go to a private lunch that he's having with the owner of the company and his board or whoever the, the buckety mucks were? And so, do y'all want to go? And, I'm like, and Ike's like, sure. So we go up there. Now, I'm, I'm young. I'm young then. So I knew my job is just not to talk and to be invisible, all right? And so I'm sitting there with Ike, who's buddies with all these guys, and we're just sitting there, and my two friends came with us. And we're sitting around a big conference table, so they bring out our lunch, and, and Dr. Wilkinson goes, Ike, tell us about North Star. So Ike starts to tell the story. Man, brand new church, Northwest Cobb County. We want to be the first call for help. We want to be the church for people who don't even go to church yet, blah, blah, blah. And tells, tells all the story of North Star. And Dr. Wilkinson goes, that's phenomenal. Ike, 
I believe in that dream. Pulls out his checkbook, writes a check to North Star Church for $10,000, puts a check on the table. Holy smokes. And does not let me out with a checkbook, all right? And so, and he just stroked a $10,000 check. We're young, 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 young. Lays it down. Then he looks at the guy next to him and said, the owner of the company, and goes, do you believe in the dream? And the guy's like, yeah. He writes a check, $5,000. And I'm noticing a trend. Everybody's stroking a check, and the wave is coming my direction, all right? And so... And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, if surely they're gonna pass over me. Surely they are not gonna ask me. I'm the youngest guy in the room by 20 years. Surely they're not gonna say anything to me. And then Dr. Wilkinson said, Mike, how much do you believe in the dream of North Star? <laughs> I wish I could tell you a better story, but I'm gonna tell you what I thought. So I knew Ann and I had just done our taxes and we were getting $1,600 back. And kept, keeps our budget, because I thought ATM stood for always taking money. All right, and so Ann, Ann's the handler of all finances, and I'm sitting there, and he goes, Mike, what do you believe God for about North Star? And I work here. I left my other job to come here. And I'm thinking, I know I can get 1,600. And Ann reminded me of this. I forgot this part of the story. So Ann's gonna kill me either way, all right? And so I'm dead when I get home, when I tell her this, because we're giving the building fund. We don't have the money. So I said, I believe for $2,000. I rounded up 400 bucks, which was a big deal back then. And I've gotta go home and tell Ann now the story. And so it ends up, goes around the circle, ends up $36,000 worth of checks came to North Star that day. So we're in the elevator, getting ready to go down, and Ike's like, was that not? Now, here's the part of the story. They didn't ask Ike. They just let Ike off the hook. It was unbelievable. I'm like, how did this guy get off? Anyways, so we're in the elevator going down, and Ike goes, was that not unbelievable? And I said, oh, it was unbelievable, all right. I'm gonna need you to go with me as a witness when I go home tonight. It's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. So my buddy is riding on the elevator with us, and I'm like, and I'm not gonna name his name, and I said, I am so sorry I invited you. I, I feel terrible that you gave at the lunch. I mean, you've given the North Star friend. I feel terrible. He's like, Mike, don't worry about it. It was awesome. And his friend, I mean, he invited another guy. I'm like, I'm sorry if I'd have known, and I'm just apologizing. They're like, Mike, Mike, it's fine. It's fine. And my friend said, here's a card I wanted to give you to say thanks for today. So, Ike and I get in the truck, and he gets out, and he's talking, and I, I mean, I'm swirling. And Ike's like, oh, it was just unbelievable. I said, oh, yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and I open the card from my friend, and I open it up. And in it was a check made out to me for $2,000. Ike goes, man, your face got all washed out. What's, what's up? I said, this guy, I named his name, just gave me the exact amount I said in that meeting. I called him immediately, and I said, 
I, I am blown away you did that. He said, Mike, if you had said 20,000, I'd have given it to you. And Ike's like, you dummy. All right, why'd you, why'd you, not, why'd you not ask for more? You know what I found out that day? The size of my prayer was the size of my God. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed. And I remember getting home, and I got to tell Ann the whole story. And I'm like, let me tell you what happened today. Don't, don't interrupt me till I'm done, all right? And so let me tell you the whole story. Put God in a box about this big. When God has unlimited resources. So I couldn't trust God for 400 bucks. I was worried about it. The size of our faith is developed by the size of our prayer, which develops and enters into the size we think God is. A small God can't answer big prayers, but a big God can if you choose to have a big faith. How do you develop that faith? Day by day. Would you pray with me? How many of you would say today, Mike, man, I'm you. I'm you. I'm you. I've reduced God to me. And I have a faith, but I forgot how big he is. And Mike, I want to tell God today, I don't want a small God that I've made him into being. I want to believe in a big God. If that's you here today, would you just slip your hand up? I'm going to slip it up with you. That's me. Maybe you're here today and you're the answer to somebody's big prayers. You're sitting in this room today because somebody had quit praying for you. And you just thought you ended up here. No, 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 no. You're the answer to somebody's prayers. God knew you needed to be here and God knew you'd be here. Maybe you're here today and you say, Mike, I need to know Jesus, man. If you're watching online today, your host will tell you if you need to know Jesus in this room, I'm gonna be standing right down here in the front as soon as we get done. I would love to tell you how a big God who knows everything about you loves you in a big way. Loved you so much he gave his son for you. Mm. God, I don't wanna be a church sitting on Blue Springs Road worships a small God. I want to be a body of people sitting on Blue Springs Road whose God can do anything if we'll believe and trust. We know you're not always going to answer like what we want. We know sometimes your answer is no, but you never tell us not to ask. 
God, I pray for the people sitting in the sound of my voice today for them to grab onto you like Paul did. These aren't my words. These are Paul's words inspired by you to be written. God, may our faith leave ripples that are felt for 2,000 years like Paul's did. God, may we always believe you for abundantly more. And that's my prayer in Jesus' name.